this is Ropao and today in Turbo Talks we're talking to Harry Tenfield of Team Rebecca Next Hash about training through the winter. Alright, welcome back to the Turbo Talks podcast. It is the 9th of November and the cycling road season is over. And with each day the days are getting shorter, darker, colder and more wet in the northern hemisphere. But as we say at Garmin, you simply never stop cycling. So now more than ever is the perfect time to jump on your tax trainer and keep fit. Or in the case of our guest for today, to prepare and make gains to be even better for the next season. So it's time to hear all about his winter training secrets and welcome him onto the show. It's the rider who lit up the Great Britain National Championships three weeks ago, Harry Tenfield of Team Quebeca Next Hash. Welcome Harry, how are you going? Hi. Thanks. Yeah, um, enjoying my enjoying my time at home at the moment. Uh, yeah, it's been pretty nice. So, uh, what's what's the off season activities? A bit of rest after that uh, hectic end to the season. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it was full gas for the end of the season, um, right through to the end of October, and I've um, had some time off the bike afterwards. And uh, in fact, I went to went to the World Championships, the the track World Championships, to watch my brother. We went as a family, so it was quite nice. Um, he was racing over there, so we went to France and and we watched the race for the week, and then came back and um, yeah, just been having some some downtime at home and kind of sorting a few things out at home. So uh, yeah, it's been it's been good. Still touching the bike then, or you're just leaving it? Yeah. Um, what it is. <laughs> I gave it a good clean after nationals. It was uh, it, <laughs> and it took a while to uh, to clean up, so I put it back in the keep the bike nice and in good condition um but yeah I'm, I'm back riding again just uh not formally training just just riding and um doing some some nice cafe rides and really enjoying the weather at the moment we at the moment it's actually like you know 11 12 degrees and not raining so um <laughs> i guess i'm making the most of that right now uh, and maybe in a week's time or so it's uh it's going to be pretty rainy and normal weather for england i think yeah, I was about to say 11, 12 degrees. It sounds like a win at the moment in November in Britain, probably. Yeah, yeah, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so what was the sort of like the feeling that you entered that uh, that off-season with? In uh, How did you finish like 2021? What's the feeling that you had over the season? Um, the season as a whole didn't really go that well, to be honest. But um, I guess that I've really, um, I really focused on the last part of the year when um, I was able to be consistent and I wasn't, crashing and didn't have any injuries and um i just had a really good training block um well and race block through august which which led to some some nice races in september and uh, through to october so for me it was um it was really good to to finish on a high as such in those races um had some nice podiums in belgium and and the podium in the in the criterium in, in england in the championships so um it was close in the road race, but it wasn't to be. So, <laughs> um, but no, it was really nice to you know to finish on a high. I think people might not see those results in those Kermesse uh, races on pro cycling stats, but uh, can you give us a sort of like an insight how hard those races are? Yeah, um, it's just um, I, I do love that kind of racing, and um, I haven't done it for a long time. Uh, it's just full gas from start to finish, really, um, and obviously it depends who's doing the races. Um, it was quite nice uh, racing with Ollie and, and Lawrence um, from when I was in Azure Desert the other year. Um, and so every race has got a good mix of, of riders and it's just flat out from the start normally and um, 
the groups kind of whittle down and whittle down and then in the final hour you can start launching some attacks and and really racing it out then i think that's when um when the races you know won and lost in that moment in the last hour when everyone's on their knees and uh, you can start to try and do some damage but no, i really enjoy it and um yeah. the weather was pretty terrible pretty much all through belgium in those races i was doing so i think uh, if you actually want to be there to race as well then you're also winning before you've even started, you know, because <laughs> I think a lot of guys with it being the end of the year can be a bit demotivated and when the weather's bad. So, um, yeah, it was good. It was good preparations for the nationals um, because that was cold and wet as well. So, And maybe already uh, a bit of a prep for races that could be on in the spring again as well, if you make it, if you would make it over to, to Belgium uh, for those races as well. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love a good race in Holland, actually. I love the... Uh, the Dutch, I rode a lot of the Holland Cup before, and uh, yeah, I love a good Dutch Dutch race. I yeah. think last year there was a few that we were planned to do, but I think quite a few were cancelled in uh, in the start of the in start of the year. So hopefully next year those ones uh, will be back on the program. Yeah. Um, so obviously you're on the podcast and you're gonna tell us, uh, like I said in the intro, a bit of some some winter training secrets of yours, uh, all connected to all the the products basically from Garmin uh, that you're using. Uh, I already said to you before we started this, I was like you're almost like the ideal Garmin rider with all, with everything that you used, like the Garmin <laughs> Connect, the Tex Neo, um, obviously the 830, and you've also made use of your wearable of your watch in yeah. the off season. I've heard. Yeah, yeah, it's the first time that, um, that I've got a watch from a, a team as well as such. Normally, we just have a head unit, so um, I've used it um, just as a wearable for sleep tracking, um, which I used to do uh, previously with a Fitbit thing. So um, it's a nice upgrade from that. But no, I've been swimming, actually, uh, once or twice a week um, through the last kind of four weeks. Um, and I've never used a device in the pool before, so it's uh, it's tracking my swimming, and um, I can see all my activities uh, Garmin Connect, which I use normally after my road rides anywhere. Um, it's just a nice platform to, to view everything on. So, yeah I've, uh, yeah, I've always used it for quite a while. So, it's been nice. So, uh, so are you one of those riders who's like really digging in to it immediately after it's uploaded, checking all the stats? So what, what is the what is the things that that you are looking out for most? Um, not really, no, not in this time of the year. Um, when I'm training and you know maybe pressing the lap button here and there, then <laughs> then yeah. then obviously I'll look into that a little bit when I when I come back after rides after lunch and um, and then you know just make a few little comments in in, in my file and the training picks. But for the moment, right now, it's uh, I'm I'm really not. I'm just kind of just riding and with the Garmin, it just auto uploads. So I come through the door, it's already on everywhere. Um, so I just have lunch and then. Sometimes I forget to, uh, to to name my ride on Strava or something. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I name my ride on Strava, and that's about it, really, for the uh, for the off season. Really, just um, just enjoying the time and, and making the most of the weather. So, yeah, and and during the season, during the season, maybe um, yeah, I'm looking at the data a bit more. There's a bit more to see if you're just out riding your bike just for a steady ride. There's not really a lot to see, and um, I try and switch off as well and um, just enjoy the scenery um, but i've been using the um i've been using the 830 quite a bit for the mapping which has been nice um to have like a touchscreen map as i found it quite useful uh when i've been making routes and particularly if i go off a route especially when i've been in belgium when i was still training between the commesses and um 
I'd wanted to do some some tours of the of the cobble climbs and stuff around around there. So um, if I went wrong and I can pick points to like navigate to, which is quite handy. So it's got me out of a few situations where I've been lost as well. So it's been nice. it, apparently it is really easy to get lost uh, in between all those little roads. Yeah, and all, between yeah, all the little works. There's so many roads. It's, yeah, it's crazy, and they all look the same. <laughs> no, so it's really handy for that. And so, like during the season after a race, what is it that you then look for in the data? Um, sometimes if it's you know a sprint finish in the commesses as such, um, my power like leading into the sprint, what I've done, kind of obviously what I've done in the sprint and 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 what I've done in the lead up to it as well in the few minutes before that. Um, and I found that in quite a lot of them, they were all very much the same, quite similar. So I think that it's good to know what you're doing in the races when you're coming into a sprint like that um then you can try and replicate in training as well which is nice to be able to um to review that from what you're actually recording from the race i mean in the races i don't uh, i don't really i don't look at the, the garmin really that much um if i don't know the route then i, I put the map on but because it's a kermes um normally if it's uh yeah. if it's laps, then it's okay you know you Sometimes it can be a bit of a shock for the first lap, and then you think, oh, "Okay, yeah, I should be at the front at this point here and there." Um, but no, it's normally just looking at the at the timer, really, just to see how long how long we've raced for. Because I just know that every KMS is between three hour, uh, three and a half hours and three hours forty five, so I kind of know uh, where I'm at for um, the race and you know eating and drinking and stuff. And, and then, like maybe during like a World Tour race, like you've done the UAE Tour. Uh, part of a sprint train w with Nitzelo, would you then go into that tour already have certain targets or number that you want to hit in terms of in that lead out of that power output? And do you then afterwards maybe look at it or how does uh, that no, go? Not so much the power output, but um, really looking at the speed as such. I mean, it's the speed that wins the bike races anyway. So um, controlling that, especially if you're in the lead out and you, you're controlling the line. And again, you're riding with a lot, a lot of it is against the other trains as well. So in a lead out role, you are racing those other people. And um, if you can be efficient and, and, you know, conserve when you can conserve, then obviously you can go a bit longer and it's all about just trying to go as long as possible. So it's good to obviously watch the speed and make sure you're not pushing on too much in certain times. Um, and I say in the UAE, we um, had the GPX files, but we were just really on, on motorways a lot of the time. So actually the, the GPX files were, not really needed over there, but especially in Belgium for the races, uh, Wallonie tour and some of the other Belgian races, the, the GPX files, I, I, I almost can't live without when I'm racing now because I'm so used to just looking at the map when I, you know, I don't know the road or whatever. It's a point to point race and be going down a descent as well. Things like that. I know by looking at the map, if I need to break basically before I enter a corner, um, kind of thing, which I've kind of learned to do. Um, which is quite nice and you and you just then like easily swipe swipe between screens to not get to really, the map? No, no i just i have the map on the whole time and i have um i just have uh time and distance at the bottom of the screen so i know where i'm at in the race and also i know on my map where where i am so i can swipe if i if i want to go across to the um like a, another data page to see some power or whatever but normally in the races i'm trying to just uh you know, got speed and speed and and time or speed and distance on, and that's it kind of thing. 
Is, is that different for your teammates? Do, do you know how they use it? Do they have like different screens on there as well? Or? Yeah, I think a lot of guys have the like a second screen set up. So they'll have like, like a main map page and then, then like a, a one with power and um, and speed and, and time and all that. But I tend to not have heart rate on the screen. I don't really want to know uh, what it is. Most of the <laughs> so, uh, so I keep that off. But um, yeah, I mean, if it's... If it's uh, if it's not a stressful race, then it's quite easy just to flick between when you're not doing anything. But if it's really, it's raining and it's uh, coming towards the end of the race and it's technical and you're in Holland and Belgium, so there's loads of road furniture or Wallonie and there's no roads because the roads are rough. But <laughs> um, you know, you've got to be careful keeping your eyes on the road the whole time and, uh, and, not, and not the screen. But I typically, if I can, just leave it on the map page because I know that if I've got a turn coming up, I'm going to get a little arrow or something, you know, popping up 500 meters before that I know what's, yeah. what's kind of cool. Because if you're in a peloton, um, sometimes you can't see. I mean, I'm lucky I can look above and normally and, and see what's ahead, but it's also just quite nice to have the little yeah. files so I know roughly what's what's coming up. So handy for the navigation and also a bit of a, a safety aspect there then as well, knowing yeah. to know what's coming up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. More so for the descents, but the things that we can program into the GPX file um, before the race, such as feed zones and uh, climbs and things like that, there's there's a lot of information that can be put on it, um, and it can just flash up on the screen at the bottom when you enter a climb. Okay, three k, five percent, three k, eight percent, or feed zone in three kilometers or something. It's quite nice. Just to know how long you got to hold on for to make it over. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, it's three kids. Uh, seven, yeah, seven percent. All right, okay, cool. <laughs> Let's get to the point. <laughs> and, and now it's and now it's winter. You slowly. Uh, when when do you start training again? Like in a, um, in a program. Probably around the end of November. I might start doing them. I mean, I'm still doing. I've been doing gym for the last ten days. Um, yeah. So I started riding. Uh, obviously, riding during the week, and doing swimming once a week. You got a bit of jogging as well here and there. Uh gym twice a week. Um but the riding's just just riding. It's not anything there's nothing in the plan, you know, it's not structured. It's just just a bit of general riding. And at the moment that it starts kicking off again your training program, is there a dedicated time and place for your indoor workouts? Yeah, normally um Normally, normally in the morning, I, I quite like to do a, just if I'm doing my easy ride, especially if it's cold and wet in winter, then I just, well, I mean, not even just wet, but to go out for for an hour easy ride, it's a lot easier just to jump on the trainer. So, um, if it, yeah, especially in the winter when it is cold. I mean, when it's 14 degrees and it's nice like this, I've actually just been going swimming instead of riding um, my bike for an easy ride. But it'll become a point later in, um, you know, in in the end of November and into December where I'll, I'll be on the bike doing like a fasted ride or something like that once a week. Yeah. Um, and the trainer comes in really handy for that. It's nice and controlled and just quick and easy. You know, you've got the bike on there and you can just hop on and off. So, um, and I think, I mean, last winter I used it quite a lot between um, Christmas and new year when I was starting to put a bit of intensity in. So um, I would do a morning ride then in the evening, just go on the trainer for an hour especially with the dark nights now as well over the winter, um, you know, just to get his with workout in. My coach would build me a workout and then I would just hop on, which is quite nice. Yeah. 
And, and what's the benefit? Do you see any benefits of it in terms of on your, on your program when you can do the sort of like those dedicated sessions, whether it's like you mentioned, like an easy, fast ride or more specific, maybe training blocks that you can do in a controlled yeah. environment? Obviously, yeah, it's controlled, it's consistent, which is nice. Um, you know the powers that you, you need to hit and it's you get used to riding the neo as well because it had a flux before and then i got a neo after and i'm like it, it just feels nicer to ride a little bit as well uh, it just feels a little bit more like the road i mean i get used to both of them after a while but um i just feel the neo i get a good uh, get a good feeling like it's on the road because you can rock a little bit on it um and also when it is cold in the winter time like now and if i'm I mean, I'm planning to go to Spain as well in December for a little bit, um, for a small camp. But when it is really cold and, and I struggle to do hard, intense efforts um, with the cold wind, and sometimes your hands can be numb. And if your legs are cold and wet, you're almost like just trying to survive on the bike outside <laughs> rather than. Um, it, and I think it, it takes from the quality of the training, if that's the case. So in those situations, then I would. 100% be doing my workout, uh, you know, on the Neo when it's um, not bad weather, but just generally winter. But I'm fortunate that I've spent a lot of time in uh, in January and February in, in Spain. I've managed to rough it out from here, but then I've also taken my trainer with me. So it came in handy in, in Sierra Nevada when I was in altitude um, earlier in the year just to do those easy rides on because when you're on a mountain, it's, it's nice to be on the trainer um, and you can set the resistance and quick and easy again you just hop on and off so um, yeah i'll be taking it to bear with me for sure and is there a specific uh, benefit in this training stimulus that you see out of those sessions the harder maybe the in harder blocks or interval sessions that you're doing on the trainer compared to yeah. the road yeah it's just more focused there's, there's less less junk um and you almost like uh, you know you can you just know you're going to do the session so you just jump on it it's programmed it's done and you just follow and just crack on whereas on the road it's you can you know you can have a lot more punches in winter when it's cold and wet normally <laughs> and um, you know trying to make roots up as you're going along and um, then it gets dark and <laughs> then you can't feel your hands so like you're halfway through a set of efforts but you can't feel your hands so <laughs> you have to start you know trying to find more gloves and stuff like that and um, yeah, it's just it's just more controllable, and I think that you, your body can you can put more energy into riding the bike, and you'll get a better response from that than what you would do by uh, you know suffering out on the road in those situations. And do you have a bit of a good setup at home? A bit of a um, cave built, or not really? No, not not particularly. It's it, uh, it I mean, I've, some got work. I've got my turbo, and I've got my mat there, and I've uh, I've got a, a decent fan as well which is it's quite small it's not massive but um it does the job but i'm lucky that it's i'm in like a garden room so um in the winter time it's always freezing anyway uh so i just open if i need to open a window then i do but um especially if i'm training around like going to spain and things like that i don't particularly have it that cold anywhere um it's good to sweat a bit i think in the winter to uh yeah it up. <laughs> and and a favorite session um, is, I was, is there one that your that your trainer created for you, like maybe no, last winter that you felt like, oh, that's a banger? <laughs> um, sounds weird, but I, I was doing one like last winter when I was here for a little bit just to get some intensity and um, on top of the volume, I was just doing, I think it, it was just 30 second, literally just 30 second max efforts. 
um, where I start the saddle and then just go all in for 30 seconds. Um, I can't remember how long the recovery period was. I think it was th- maybe two and a half minutes or three minutes or something like that. Um, and you do like one or two and you're like, oh, this is pretty hard. And then when you get like after about six, it was just like oh, this two minutes is just going super, super fast. But um, I think I did the session a couple of times. And, and after after the second and third time I'd done the session, it, it definitely got a lot easier. So, <laughs> yeah, I think there's uh, yeah in those situations when you've not been uh, really whacking it super hard in, in wintertime, it, it's good just to to do some hard efforts like that. Yeah, I do enjoy doing the velodrome as well. Um, you know, riding the track if it's if it's open and available, which it hasn't been with COVID, but um, yeah. it's really the trek to the nearest one. That's the only problem. Yes, well, I said you mentioned it like it's just thirty seconds full yeah. on effort, but thirty seconds is a really long time to go. Yeah, all that. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get twenty seconds in, and then it's uh, then it feels like an eternity. But um, yeah, they they definitely get better with. Uh, with time, you know, uh, doing more of them. So it's obviously a weak point if you if it does hurt that much as well. So, is there also has there also been like a set then on your program that you think like oh this one looks really daunting to me like this is got to be uh, not so much in December. No, I've kind of uh, kind of kept my uh, kept my limits. Like not you know I've not pushed yeah. it too much. Do you know what I mean? In that time. Uh, I think I've realized before with other seasons and things that especially when the COVID happened and stuff, I was a little bit too intense in that December, January period. And I think it's good to throw like some good workouts in here and there, but you know, I think to be like really, really on it from the middle of December is a little bit early. I think when January comes, it's a bit different. Um, but yeah, I think it's more of a relaxed approach. I think it's, it's good as well. So, so how would it look like in in terms of like maybe training blocks leading up to the start of the season from when you start in November? What do your train what does your training look like maybe in December and how does it look like in January, February, etc.? Yeah. Um ramping up intensity, uh, volume slightly decreasing. I'm doing quite a lot in the gym right now, so like two sessions a week in there. Um with squats and leg press and things like that, just to um get my legs back broken into a bit of gym work which I've, I've missed from the end of the year so when i do start training on the bike i'll, I'll be doing a bit of low cadence work trying to like transfer that that strength developed from the gym work into into riding and to be quite honest I'll, I'll probably just do that all the way through to um to the start certainly into like the middle of december and then um i've not spoken to to my coach about december onwards i'm definitely going to go in for a lab test probably some point in December, uh, either before or when I come back from from Spain. So um, it's been a while and it's good to have a little MOT, I think, before um, before the real training starts, you know, being set for January. I think it's really important to get a lab test done um, or a field What's test. being tested then? Um, basically do a ramp test and a step test, um, all with um, gas analysis just to establish where the zones are. Um, and I've done the same test with the same bike and equipment, um, you know, for quite a few different years. So it's it's a good, like, benchmark to see where, where we're at kind of thing. Um, yeah. And what, what needs to be improved, basically, coming into the season. Let the physiologist go over all that. <laughs> <laughs> Still seeing progress each year? 
yeah, yeah. I mean, some my the true true max numbers haven't particularly gone up that much. Uh, they've gone up a little bit, but not nothing really at all that much. But more the fatigue resistance and ability to repeat efforts and and efforts of a like a higher percentage of maximum as well um, after you know two or three thousand kilojoules as such. Um, those those kind of those kind of efforts, which I guess it's more resilience to fatigue, which I think it just comes with with age and also uh, you know r- riding in a, a strong race program as well. And when it comes to January, so we're getting closer to the start of the season. What does change in your in your program in your approach to training? Um, a bit more intensity. Um, quite well yeah quite a bit more intensity still doing some some steady miles and um but backing off backing off the volume a little bit and really working on high aerobic um high aerobic stuff like vo2 efforts and compound vo2 work is what i've done previously in the past um which i did i was doing phases of that and then some phases of anaerobic stuff as well later towards february time but yeah i, I again We'll see what uh, see what the test flags up, should we say, um, in in December time. See where I'm at. I don't feel like I've lost. Um, I don't feel like I'm. I've lost much kind of aerobic fitness. I've been. Um, I've had some time off, but also I've kind of been busy for the last ten days, and I just enjoyed doing a bit of swimming and getting into a little bit of running. So um, yeah, yeah, I think it's been it's been quite good. And when do you then plan to be take that next step from January? When do you? Plan to be sort of like race ready. When do you feel like you're race ready? Um, after I've done some races, unfortunately, as as much as I, as much as I, you know, know that I've got a race coming, um, for whatever reason, I can just never be in my best shape. It takes time. I've realised that, and I, I work with that. So the earlier that I start racing, then the earlier I can be in shape. Um, right. So it really depends on the race <laughs> program as well. But you know, when I if I just turn up to Ron Van Drenth in uh, in February, I know that you know I'm I'm not going to be at my best, and that's a fact. <laughs> so, but if I can be at 90, 95%, then then that's better than at 85%. So uh, yeah, I think that it's a long season, and um, there's there's races that that are more important to me as well. And I, uh, when I discuss the race program with the team, then. Um, that you know then i'll know a bit further but um i think that yeah obviously just getting you know getting your foot in the door early with like i don't know the saudi tour uh, and those early races that are in holland and then belgium it's always good to get in there and just go and get one or two done just as a, a starting point uh, and yeah. then go from there they say there's nothing better for you know for for doing for doing races than actually doing some some races in preparation which i found a lot this year with with missing so much through injury, there's only so much I could train and with races being canceled that I was meant to do and going so long without racing in certain periods that I was doing the training that I could do. And it just wasn't, it's just nothing like doing, um, you know, flower races. So um, for me, I really prefer to, to do, to schedule plenty of races and even just training races. 
Yeah. And knowing that from yourself must be coming really handy, obviously, and with experience over the years. Um, has your approach to start a new season and your program in the winter, has that changed over the years? Or have you just found something that you think like this works for me, I'm going to do it this way together with your trainer? Um, yeah, obviously, it's been different with different trainers. So with the last, you know, with the last few teams, we've had different trainers in the last three. I've had a different trainer in the last three yeah. years. So that's been different. The approach of the team, if they have a training camp in December or in January, or we may be racing then or whatever, it, it really depends on, on that situation. But I've kind of gone with the same model of uh, going to Spain in January and February and, and being based out there and then worked around that and modified things, I guess. That's, um, you know, the base point that I started from and then and then and now I've just kind of tweaked it here and there um and again it'll depend on what the coach is recommending i do follow what the coach says to be honest and um i think with the right testing behind that then i think that that's that's the best way and have you noticed then over the years maybe as well that coaches are willing or feel that they can throw in like a trainer set for you because they know the stimulus might be better yeah 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 that's true um i think a lot of coaches now are using it you know more as a tool um it's not like a feared thing and it's it's good to get that bit of intensity in here and there either a race or um you know just doing a structured workout on the turbo because it's quick and easy and it can be set or even just doing a ramp test at home for the coach to see where you're at in certain points in the season it's quite easy to program a ramp test for a you know for the neo and you can just crack on and and do stuff like that at home which you know you wouldn't be able to, you can't do on the road and it saves you going to a lab or if you're away and things like that so it's it's pretty it adds another element to, to training which is which is nice it's a good tool to have at your disposal and you mentioned like you need races to be sort of like ready to race yeah <laughs> but is there is there one specific workout or training that you do uh, and maybe even on a trainer that when you complete it and you look at the numbers and you think like okay i'm ready now <laughs> um I, yeah, I, I probably would say so. Um, doing some compound VO2 efforts, uh, which I know that I've done, you know, I've done a lot of them in the past. So I guess I kind of know where I'm at. I've done a lot of them in, in, in January, February, March, in the season as well. Um, yeah. And I'm doing these three-minute efforts and like one-minute recovery and then three minutes and you string out like a 12-minute block or whatever. Um and to do those numbers and also to be able to do like two or three sets of the efforts, but at the right intensity, then I think you know really where you're at, if you're going to be good or if you're going to be, you shouldn't be going to a race or, okay, you're going there, but you're not the best, but you know, you can improve or you're thinking, well, I'm, I'm really good in this. I think that that's, um, over the years, I've kind of found that that's not far off from what the results ends up being. So, um, yeah. So, so there would be like three minutes on, one minute off, and that's three times, and that's one set? Yes, yeah, three times, yes. Yeah. Sometimes four times if I'm feeling strong, but um, normally three times, yeah. Yeah, and how many sets do you do then? Two or three? Uh, normally three. Um, if I'm Again, if I'm feeling brave, sometimes four, but yeah, no, normally three. Yeah. If I'm really swinging and it's not a good day, then, then two. Yeah. <laughs> So to give it a quick match, so that's like a, a 27 minutes yeah, of yeah. really, really hot work. 
yeah it is yeah yeah a v or two and to be quite honest if you're doing more than that it's it's not particularly, yeah uh, so what, uh, what percentage are we looking at of of sort of like of ftp or of threshold or what you're aiming for in those three minutes uh it's quite intense this uh, let me think back <laughs> um, <laughs> As long as as long Asking as it's tough over, questions here. Yeah, as, as long as it's over twenty minute power, then um, then we're good, you know. So uh, I yeah, I guess I think probably around between around five percent more than five to ten percent more than, than twenty minute power. Um, and again, that boils back down to how you're doing in that in that moment in the season. If your twenty minute powers, uh, you know, for ten or for twenty or for thirty, for forty, really, uh, it's yeah. really depending on where you are at. Um, in the season, I think, especially if it's pre-season versus throwing an interval session in between races in the middle of the season. Yeah, so if you would do a REM test today and you would do a REM test, say, uh, early Feb, you've got, a, you've got a bit of a difference in there? Yeah, I think so. Um, I actually did one um, the day after the National Championships. I'm not sure why. Day but, after? Um, the day after the National Championships, yeah. Um, because I knew I was riding quite well and... Um, uh, my friend said, "Oh, come down and do a, do the test at the, at the lab at the university." So um, uh, he did some lactic profiling from me from me while I was doing it. So it wasn't a full max ram test; it was just it was a step test. Yeah, um, with lactic profiling, which I haven't had done for a really long time. Only ever used gas analysis, um, and it's quite nice to also uh, validate the gas analysis with with lactic profiling too. I know a lot of guys like uh, are coaches use a lot of lactic profiling and the other guys are really more about the gas analysis and things like that but um yeah it was just can, been a can, while. Can, you, can you can you sort of like explain the difference for the for the listeners um well the gas analysis is is um it's analyzing what you're breathing out basically your oxygen and co2 um this ratio that's coming out of your out of your lungs and by that you can determine the the fuel source as well so um it's 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 like a never-ending kind of uh you can be analyzed multiple times a second and over a ramp test or a step test, you can get really good data from it. Whereas a lactic testing is uh, obviously from the blood lactic and you take it every, every two minutes or three minutes or whatever, um, how much, how many steps you want to take um, in a, in a test. But I always find that the gas analysis is obviously quite, um, I'm pretty sure it's quite it's more instant so it's it's more of what the body's doing at that moment what the fuel source is and everything whereas the blood lactics can take quite a while to steady as such um which means it's quite important to have a, a decent length step so if you sat at 300 watts and you're at you know 1.5 millimoles or whatever or something like that and it's it's still actually increasing 1.7 1.8 as the time's going by and then um yeah, it can take a while for it to, to level off, I think. But yeah, it was it was a good um yeah, it was I'm glad I did it after the after the race. Um, although I didn't go to the full max, it was it was hard enough that would that would do. <laughs> so say, the day after national championships where you sort of like went definitely went to the max, it must have been a, a tough yeah. thing to do now. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'd already gone so far to the max the day before that I really wasn't gonna to go to that place again, so uh <laughs> Oh, was it the dark? Was it the dark place? Uh, the day before, yes, very, very much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I wasn't, uh, yeah, I wasn't ready for that again. The the next day, um, I so I just I, we got to the end of the four fifty step, and I was like, right, yeah, that that's okay now. That that's enough. <laughs> because my legs feel sore from yesterday. 
yeah well that's 450 <laughs> step i think a lot of listeners won't won't make that uh won't make that 450 <laughs> step in uh during their winter um this was in the season i probably wouldn't i probably would struggle to get to that step right now if you put me on the bike right yeah. now i'd probably suffer to get to that i've been a lot more pain right now than what i was uh after the, after the championship so is, is there do you have like any one piece of advice Final piece of advice for listeners who have heard you say like how you sort of like building through your off season. Uh, first of all, take that recovery, and then slowly get back into it with your strength work. Um, slowly increase that intensity over the months, and then yeah. you bang a workout with your three minutes, uh, three minute efforts. Yeah. Any any other one piece last piece of advice for the everyday um, cyclist out there? How to get through the winter? Yeah, I think that obviously. I'm very fortunate that I can train in the daytime. It's, it's my job and um, I'm very, very fortunate for that. And I know a lot of people can't do that. So I think that for them really, and they're a bit time limited, it's, you know, making use of, 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 the, of the Neo to um, really maximize the quality of the training, especially if you're, you know, time crunched and you can do some really, really good, uh, some good workouts and spend six or eight hours a week maximum, you know, and, and still be in really, really good shape. So um, I think that now we have Swift for racing and uh, the, the availability of building the workouts through the workout tools, um, you know, with, with tax, it's it's great. So I think that um, it's really about quality over quantity if you're time pressured. So um, just to enjoy and, you know, if you're going to be racing in the summer, then right now and it's, it's it's time just to kick back i think and, and and relax all right awesome uh so you enjoyed that little bit the uh, last bit of a uh, kick back and relax before you get back yeah. into it like you said later november and then yeah. next uh next next year a bit of a new adventure again as it stands at the moment yes yeah I've, uh, i'm riding with the uh, ribble Welt house um back in the uk who i signed with last year um prior to joining Quebecer. um when the team kind of came around and there was an option there, then um, then it was you know I'd obviously jump at the chance to uh, to ride at world to a level and it's it'd be nice next year to race with my brother as well. So my brother's going to do a lot more on the road next year and hopefully you know we can we can race together and, and race well together as well, which we did in the championships and it was great fun. Um, so fingers crossed still with Quebecer and I really hope that something comes off the team. Um, I know Doug's working hard on the situation and be very you know be a massive shame to to see the team go after the, they do so much good in the world basically so yeah. you know um but yeah for the for the moment it's a it's a change of scenery and i'm embracing the the different racing um and it'd be nice to race with my brother as well a bit of rivalry with your brother as well although on the same team then or no 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 definitely not i think that if we work together as well then it's always it's almost like you could have two against one there so so the old yeah. quick step one too. If we can, if we can work that situation at some point, then it'd be quite nice. It would be nice to race with your brother, but I think maybe a lot of us would also just love to see you next year again on the World Tour if uh, if Quebec just finds a way, hopefully, to stay yeah. in that World Tour peloton. That's true. That's true. And I, I, I wouldn't, uh, you know, I wouldn't miss it for the world. Um, really enjoyed this year with the team, and um, you know, long let it continue. Um, yeah, it's a great team, and and we have. Uh, some really good really good stuff and everyone's uh, everyone's really nice and it's just it's all for a good cause and you know just hope that um, hope we can continue yeah fingers crossed for that 
All right. Uh, thanks heaps for your time, Harry. Uh, very cool to hear all about your winter training regime and uh, especially that favorite workout. All no the best for, uh, for next season. And well, hopefully we'll see you back on the World Tour soon. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And as always, thank you all for listening and thanks for tuning in. And don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe and leave a rating and a review on iTunes. But most of all, just follow Harry's advice as well and just never stop cycling also during the winter. This was Rob Bow with Harry Tenfield of Team Quebec Next Hash. Stay tuned for the next Turbo Talks. <laughs>